0: broadcasting live from the Raiders practice facility at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. This is the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador.
1: And then in terms of Ruggs, uh, you know, Ruggs didn't have an off-season program last year like a lot of these rookies, and uh, he got hurt in the first game against Carolina, and uh, got the coronavirus last year, missed some more time but he's a big reason why Darren Waller had a big year because of the threat of Ruggs and we don't want to just have Ruggs be a threat we'd like him to be uh, on the receiving end of a lot of those threats so we're trying to get him more and more involved in the pass offense and so far so good.
0: That's Raiders head coach John Gruden talking about Henry Ruggs. We spoke to John Gruden yesterday um, as the Raiders closed up shop on their 2021 offseason program. program. Uh, minicamp is in the books. Next stop, training camp, which opens July 27th here at the Raiders facility uh, in Henderson, which is where I am broadcasting from uh, today. Uh, some nice things that John Gruden said about Henry Ruggs, by all accounts, Henry Ruggs took his checklist, his to-do list uh, from the Raiders after his rookie year and did his due diligence. Uh, You know, I had mentioned earlier uh, yesterday uh, or earlier this week, I had talked to Derek Carr um, about Henry Ruggs and about what his impressions were of Henry so far, um, you know, this year, and I guess we can call it this season. Um, And one thing that Derek said, "Was that if, in his eyes, it felt like uh, something clicked uh, with with Henry, and he's a, and he was quick to point out that's not unusual for a young player. the cl- the uh, The switch that clicked on was having a year under his belt and being able to look at that year and assess that season uh, and take a look at the film and take a look at himself and understanding, okay, uh, this is how it works here in the NFL. This is what I need to do." And what Derek told me was like, look, you know, some guys do it, some guys don't. But it's obvious, and this is Derek talking, it's obvious that Henry Rugg said, "Nah, man, I'm going to be one of those guys that do – and it's been impressive, Derek told me he's getting in and out of his uh, routes uh, his cuts he's running violently uh, that's a good thing uh, in the nfl he's being he's explosive he 's using his speed and that a- athletic ability. You now you know Derek Carr was quick to point out, look, it has to happen on the field that's going to be the ultimate uh determination of of where Henry Ruggs is, but it sure sounds like henry it sure uh, excuse me, it sure sounds like Derek, it sure sounds like John Gruden have seen what they want to see so far from Henry Ruggs. The key to me now is how do the Raiders go about making sure that they tap into Henry at a level that's needed. Um, there's no reason why Henry Ruggs and I said this, what, two weeks ago, you look at Henry Ruggs' stats from last year. There's no reason he can't double those stats up. None. If he stays healthy, of course, um, there's no, there's no reason, and part of that obviously is Henry doing what he needs to do to get open, to be reliable, to be a um, factor when the ball is in his hands, to create a comfort level with Derek Carr, a confidence level in Derek Carr, uh, to show John Gruden, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, where i I need to be. I'm making the catch. I'm doing something with the ball. I'm being an asset. I'm being uh, somebody that's viable in this offense. So give me the ball more, <laughs> you know, uh, and and once a level of production is established and a level of reliability uh, is established, that's going to make John Gruden more comfortable calling Henry's number. It's going to make Derek Carr more comfortable getting the ball to Henry Ruggs. Let's look at Henry Ruggs' uh, stats from last year. 26 catches, 452 two yards, two touchdowns. Love the 17.4 4 yards uh, per catch. That came on 43 targets across 12 games. 12 games that, you know, I could remember, I'm thinking back to when, and let's remember. By the way, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, uh, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. It is another sweltering day here in Las Vegas. Uh, temperatures in that 115, 116 uh, range. Um It's hot. (laughs) It's really hot, Uh, but uh, it is what it is. Um, Henry Ruggs, 12 games last year. 12 games started, 13 games total. There was that point where he had gotten hurt, uh, suffered a leg injury, and came back. And it took a little while for him to get full throttle uh, again. Uh, there were a couple of games where he was just more of a decoy uh, out there. I don't think he was completely 100% healthy. That's just the way it goes sometimes. Sometimes you have to play your way back uh, into complete health. But he was good enough to be on the field. He was healthy enough to be on the field. Was he 100% uh, to be unleashed the way a, a, an athlete like Henry Ruggs uh, needs to be unleashed? Probably not. It took a little while. So there were some games that that went by where he just wasn't getting tapped into. And then I remember a practice that I saw Henry at where he was just moving around so well. Um, and I, re- I just th- thought, hey, this could be the week uh, where, you know, the numbers go up a little bit. The touches go up a little bit. The targets go up a little bit. Um, and... and it did. I, I forget exactly what week that was, uh, but his numbers took a turn for the for the for the better uh, in that game. Uh, but there were some other issues, some other health issues, COVID. All of those things kind of conspired a little bit against Henry Ruggs. But when you look at the final numbers, the twenty six catches, four hundred fifty two yards, two touchdowns. Again, there's no reason, and that's on fifty three forty three targets. There's no reason he shouldn't be targeted eighty times in a seventeen game season. Straight out. None. And if he gets targeted doubly compared to last year, and I'm just talking right there on, um, you know, on pass plays, get those targets up to 80, 83, all of a sudden those 26 catches should go to 50 catches, 55 catches. And if you're, if if that 17.4 stays close to that, you're looking at 900, 1,000 yards maybe, six touchdowns maybe, and let's not even get into the, the carries. I think he's going to be a factor on fly sweeps and, and, and that sort of thing. So um, he had nine, nine rushes for 49 y- uh, yards last year. I think nine rushes should be 25 rushes maybe by the by the time it's all said and done. So see what he could do uh, in, in that regard by putting the ball in his hands in different ways other than just throwing uh, him the ball. Uh, I can see Henry Ruggs taking a huge step forward. And if he does, again, the the Raiders offense, which was really good last year, has a chance to be special because you put Henry Ruggs and that speed and that athletic ability alongside the weapon that Darren Waller is and Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake uh, and Hunter Renfro and John Brown and Willie Sneed uh, and Foster Moreau in the way he's going to be and perhaps, you know, uh, uh, Brian Edwards. This offense has a chance to be versatile. It has a chance to be explosive. It has a chance to put up some big numbers. Uh, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation. Listener line. Raider Dave uh,
2: is in Denver wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Raider Dave? Hey, I'm doing pretty good, Vinny. Good to talk to you again. I think you uh, ended up stealing the thunder of what I was going to try to point out there, but I do want to say it in a little bit of a different way, is that you take those numbers that he had and you do double them and you get to where you're getting to where it's a, a premier status of of receivers a thousand yard receivers that are in the nfl but it gets pretty tough when you have a offensive line that's patchwork and more than not all those fumbles that Carr had he's trying to throw out of a phone boot so hopefully this year not only do they do something conceptually to have him slide where his pocket is or where he is in the pocket to one side or another as he gets confidence with these guys but i just kind of wonder what they're going to do to go ahead and get that other half second second and a half and car is one of the best to throw on the run i think we've all seen that uh so hopefully something conceptual will help that happen and those intermediate routes uh with that other second and a half will be open because a lot of times he just couldn't go that far down the field without uh that kind of pressure on him like that
0: yeah that that definitely plays into it uh, as well um and you know I think the Raiders more than doubled their explosive touchdowns. Their touchdowns of twenty or more yards, uh, which which kind of remember last year what we were talking about. Can will will you know will 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 uh, will Derek Carr throw the ball long? Uh, Is he capable of throwing the long ball long? Is he scared to throw the ball uh, long distances? My argument always was it wasn't about his inability. Or ability to throw it long, he's got plenty of arm, and he's got pl- pl- plenty of confidence uh, and gumption, and, and uh, you know risk taking. He'll throw the ball long. My question was always. To who? Who are we talking about throwing the ball long to? Hey, 20- you know, you'd have
2: to be a lot faster than Rugs to get forty yards down the field in two and a half seconds. Well, and I, and I think
0: that'll get squared away. Uh, and it did. You know, there were there were times last year where again they unleashed it. They the numbers suggest that he threw the ball uh, further down the field than he had in the past. Um, and yes, definitely, I, I, I get your point that you know the blocking needs to be better. You need to have the time to be able to do that. But I'm talking about, in general, the uh, uneasiness that some fans had of Derek Carr taking a chance downfield. And my whole argument at the time was, to who? who I mean, you have to have somebody on the other end that you have confidence in. That's going to be there where he's supposed to be, uh, going to make the catch when the ball is thrown to, the, to him. Antonio Brown was supposed to be that guy in 2019. Uh, it didn't happen. After he left, what wide receiver was the long ball threat for the Raiders after in 2019. Uh, there wasn't any, and, and there hasn't really been for a little while now. Uh, until, like last year, Nelson Aguilar uh, did a good job downfield. Obviously, Henry Ruggs. We saw a couple of long touchdown passes to Henry Ruggs. My point is, he wasn't scared to throw it to those two guys. He felt confident in throwing it to those two guys. It's a, it's a two-way street. And my whole thing was... You can't expect Derek Carr just because Charlie up in, you know, the second level is saying Derek Carr's scared to throw the ball downfield. Derek Carr should throw the ball downfield more. Why isn't Derek Carr throwing the ball downfield more? He's not going to justify Charlie up sitting way up there in the nosebleeds to prove it just by, you know, by, by throwing it, when the possibility is that bad things might happen because he doesn't have confidence in the guys that he's throwing it to. No pointing any fingers at anybody previously, but you have to have a target, uh, a viable target that's going to be able to get open downfield and catch it downfield. And you know what they did last year, they had more guys that could do it. Uh, and I think that that's only going to increase with Henry Ruggs becoming a more um, you know viable uh, uh, downfield threat and just weapon period. But I get your point. And, and, I and,
2: think, go ahead. And, and I think that time that he had in the pocket is what, one thing that facilitated so many more throws to Waller and underneath routes as as Rugs was clearing it out. But I, I just really hope conceptually they do something with Rugs like they do at Tyree Kill in Kansas City. I I, I really hope that uh, Gruden is challenged to try to throw a bunch more like looks and motions and different things for the defense to think about this year. I mean, you haven't heard it just from me; there from a lot of people in Raider Nation that pay attention. And we all knew what they were going to do on first, second, third down. I mean, it's just way too predictable. So they've got to change the look a little bit. And then these guys can get clear and get open.
0: Absolutely. 1,000%. And, uh, you know, I, it'll be interesting to see how this offensive line performs this year, too. Because, uh, you know, you look back last year. We've talked about this uh, quite a bit. You know, the offensive line last year, because of the injuries, because of the uh, you know Trent Brown not being able to get on the field consistently. Sam Young wasn't able to to get through games healthy. There was a lot of dysfunction along the offensive line. Richie incognito only played two games. That offensive line last year was pretty average, you know, by the end of the season, when you look at the numbers. Pro Football Focus had them, what, 23rd or 21st uh, ranked run uh, blocking unit. I think they were 17th or 18th in pass blocking uh, unit. That's just okay. Uh, It's not great. And, um, you know, if they can improve that and give Derek Carr a little bit more time, that's just going to be able to open things up uh, a little bit more. And And really, honestly, such a key to this is being able to run the ball a little bit better. They ran the ball last year. Obviously, running the ball is a staple of John Gruden's uh, offense. He's going to uh, lean on that, but they didn't do it as efficiently last year as, you know, he would have wanted. And I think that's a direct result of some of the dysfunction that was going on on the offensive line due to injuries.
2: You, you, you bring up a great point and that is that when they were able to run the ball successfully with 3 to 3.2 to 3.7 yards per carry, it got them in third and guessing type of situations for the defense and they couldn't pin their ears back and that get, let them have the third down efficiency that they did have so they could have 80 yard drives with 16 plays not that you want to do that all day long because but that's you're able to go ahead and maintain the clock advantage and keep the other offense off the field. And it was a huge part of Gruden's offense, and how they were able to manage uh, some of the games and keep some of these uh, high voting offenses off the field and beat good teams.
0: Well, that's a whole other uh, issue, and, and you're right. Uh, there were there were there were definitely times. There was definitely times when part of the game plan was parking the other offense on the uh, on, you know on on the sideline as much as possible. And that kind of spoke to the level of confidence or lack of confidence that the Raiders had in their defense. I mean, obviously, you want to churn out drives. You want to, um, you know, control the ball, control the line of scrimmage, control the clock, all of those type of things. But it was at a drastic level at times for the Raiders last year because they knew. I mean, think about two late game situations one against the Kansas City Chiefs, one against the, um, you know, Miami Dolphins, where it wasn't you know just score and and you know score the touchdown and uh and 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 you know get the points on the board as quickly as possible it was both times what do we do here john gruden's thinking to himself do we score do we take some more time off the clock uh do we kick the field goal do we take the touchdown why because he was worried that the defense wasn't going to be able to hold the lead and in both cases in either decision that he made it didn't work out because the defense wasn't ready, able, capable uh, of holding a lead. And so if you don't think that he was coaching with that in the back of his mind all last year, understanding the shortcomings of this defense. And we've talked about this uh, quite a few times where behind the scenes, the Raiders knew that there were issues and flaws on that defense. And sometimes you just can't get to everything in an off season, or things don't work out uh, the way you hope. And you put some things on the back burner like we're going to have to get to that in the off season, we can't go get unique Ngakwe during the season. It's going to cost you much, maybe in draft picks, whatever the case might be. It's something that you put off till the off and you try to work around as much as possible, including the way you game plan, the way you approach situations, uh, and and if this defense can be better, and I think the Raiders believe it will be. That's also going to change sometimes how John Gruden, the chances that he takes, um, the you know uh, the quick strike nature and and how he calls a game. Uh, he might just be wanting to go for the throat as much as possible, score as many times as you can, as quickly as you can, because you feel like. I've got a defense that's going to be able to get the ball back to us quickly again. And we're going to go, you know, get another touchdown uh, out of this because we got a defense that we could count on to get the ball back to us. So it changes things. It's, it's you know, football is great like that. You know, it, it takes both sides of the ball. And far too often these last couple of years, it was so one-sided, uh, unfortunately, for the Raiders. How many times in Lincoln County did tell us last year, for this team to win games, the offense is going to have to score 30 points a game, every single game. That's hard to do, if not impossible. It's not going to always work out that way. And he kept saying it because he knew there's flaws on this defense. You're going to have to outscore your own defense, the points that your own defense gives up. And it's they were they gave up thirty points a game. So uh, getting a, a, a more balanced team changes everything for the better. You're uh, in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Embajador. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Gangster Raider is online. How you doing, Gangster Raider? Hey, what's
3: happening? Doing good, man. Mm-hmm. I'm all right. Hey, I'm trying to let you know I'll be in town next week. I'll be in town next week um, for a whole week. I get to do, finally get inside the stadium and do my stadium tour and handle some other business. And um, I want to know: Have you been to the? you actually been to the practices yet, Benny?
0: To uh, you're talking about o- OTAs and minicamp and all that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, A- absolutely.
3: All right. Now, in person, um, from the eye tests since you've seen in person, out of the um the rookies, out of the um draft, the, the newly drafted rookies, who looks like they can contribute like right now off the back, and who has the best? I gotta say, who has the best? chance of contributing and being a major factor this year out of the new rookies that's coming in, the ones that you actually see in practice.
0: Um, I mean, Alex Leatherwood looked uh, as advertised, no question about it. Um, again, you, you know, you have to see it when... Yeah, no
3: shorts and all that, yeah. I'm yeah, just yeah, standing yeah. by, yeah. I, yeah,
0: um, I think that uh, I can't wait to see uh, Trayvon Morrig with the pads on, Tyree Gillespie with the pads on in games, uh, but both players uh, look like they belong for sure. Um, I mean, I can only go on what, you know, Gus Bradley has said, uh, what some of the veteran players have said, but a lot of people are talking up uh, Nate Hobbs, uh, the cornerback the, uh, the from Illinois. But I think in terms of guys that are going to get on the field, stay on the field, be starters, uh, and be uh, assets, I think you're talking about Alex Leatherwood and, and most likely uh, Trayvon Moerig. And I think, I think Trayvon's yeah, going sh- yeah. to... That's Them the
3: two I was thinking about, too. And also, have you heard my idea about you know the Violator not having season tickets? Have you heard my idea about that end zone club? About making that the whole Violator club, where he can be there at every game, and whoever else wants to party with him? Like whoever who's the sponsor for that end zone um, club thing? Do you know? The re- who's responsible for it? I'm not. I'm not sure. So just... who, who's the sponsor? Like I know they have like a sponsor, like MGM or Bud Light. You know, yeah, I, I know there product? is.
0: It's a. Uh, it might be one of the hotels, but I, I don't want to uh, uh, give you bad information. At the break, I will look it up. I know that there is a, uh, a main sponsor uh, that's that. It's 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 got a special name and all that. I believe so. Uh, or uh, if, if Devon has a second or two to uh, to Google it, um, we'll we'll find out. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a look at it uh, right after the, or during the break. But yeah, that's gonna be. Pretty cool. I might have to go down there from time to time just to check it out, you know, for journalistic yeah, purposes. think about
3: making it Violator's whole little section, make it Club Violator, and then, you know, he instead of, you know, because he don't have season tickets, which I think is a, is a sham because he's a Hall of Fame, you know, greater fan. He should have lifelong season tickets. So the sponsors should make that the Violator Club zone, and everybody who wants to come and watch the game and party with Violator can sit there. What you think about that?
0: <laughs> well, um, I, I I don't think it's going to go down that road, uh, and um, you know I hope Violator gets to some games. I I don't know that whole story, and um, you know uh, I know he's one of the great fans uh, for the Raiders, uh, no doubt about it. But uh, I'll definitely look into it, and I'll definitely find out. Um, what that if there is an official name for it uh, uh, just yet? Thanks, thanks a lot for the call, Gangster Raider. Really appreciate oh, it. Well. Always do. Enjoy your enjoy your time in Las Vegas. Uh, it's going to be hot. It's not as hot. It's it won't be hot as hot next week as it is this week. Uh, but it's going to be toasty. So uh, hopefully you get some pool time uh, while you're out here. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor Brought to you by Tequila and You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny
1: Bunsen-Yar. Yeah, we've got a competition there. Uh, You you mentioned some of the guys. John Brown's a good player. You know, a couple years ago he had over 1,000 yards. He has great speed. Uh, He's learning three positions right now, much like uh, Nelly did last year at this time. I think he's going to give us some pop. Uh, He can really run, get out of routes, and he can run a a wide array of patterns. Um, The other guys you mentioned, you know, Willie Sneed has come in here. He's a real pro. Uh, Strong hands, uh, very precise route runner, tough as hell. And uh, he's going to compete with Renfro in the slot. Um, Dylan Stoner's done well. This uh, DJ Turner, the punt returner from Pitt, uh, very interesting. He's quick, smart, and... um, Zay Jones came back ready to go, and our two picks from last year are the guys that I've really been focusing on. Edwards looks good, and Ruggs looks much better than he did this time last year. That's Raiders head
0: coach John Gruden talking about his uh, wide receiver room. You know, whatever level of high school, of, of uh, football, foot, sports in general, uh, that, that, that I've covered it's so funny. Coaches are all the same. Trust me when I say that. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, it's the, the level of, of competence and excellence and all that can, can change from fr- some levels to, to the other. Uh, but The love that they have about talking about their players, like I can – as I was listening to John Gruden talk about that yesterday on the Zoom meeting, every call that I've ever had with a high school coach, a JC coach, hey, tell me about your wide receivers. And name after name after name, uh, you know, they give you the rundown, and that's how much – You know uh, uh, they love their guys, their players. You know what they know about them and how they're trying to promote them and stuff. It's really no different, and I love that about every level of sports that I've ever covered. Um, It's it it doesn't change from one level to the next. It really is pretty cool. Uh, By the way, real quick, I just want to tell you guys about a great um, event that's going on at uh, Father's uh, Day uh, over at uh, Casa Amigos here in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, Uh, it's Latin Night Father's Day live music from 10 p.m. to 12 or to 2 a.m. Uh, it's sponsored by, uh, our great friends over at Embajador Tequila. So there's great food. There's going to be great music, obviously, uh, Embajador Tequila, uh, this Sunday, uh, Latin night, Father's Day, live music, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Casa Amigos, uh, here in Las Vegas. So, uh, if, um, you know, you want to take your dad out, uh, for a good night and, um, that's 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 a place to be. So uh, I'll talk about it a little bit more uh, this week, today and tomorrow. Uh, but uh, go check it out if you can. We're gonna go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in our good friend Mike Pritchard, uh, our teammate uh, from uh, the uh, Pritch and Clay show uh, earlier in the early in the morning, seven a.m. to ten a.m. Uh, here on Raider Nation Radio. Uh, Mike, when you when you hear, first of all, thanks for spending some time with us in the huddle. Truly appreciate it. Um, when you heard John Gruden there talking about the wide receivers, uh, what was going through your mind? I mean, I think there's some depth there this year. I know they lost Nelson Aguilar, uh, but with some of the younger players stepping up, some of the newcomers uh, like Willie Sneed, who I think he really, really likes Willie Sneed, uh, and John Brown, who brings an element uh, uh, you know to, the, to that room. Uh, what do you think about the, the Raiders' wide receiver room right now?
4: It was great to be with you, Vinny. I, I think um, what stood out to me is uh Coach Gruden used to be a wide receivers coach I mean that 's when he kind of broke into the league and um when he talks about these guys, man he knows how special they are when you're working in Green Bay with the likes of sterling sharps and and guys like that, and then you know you work with the Jerry Rice's and the Tim browns i mean that's a prideful comment right there from coach Gruden and he knows what he's talking about he knows what he wants what he's looking for. Uh, And so to have competition in that group, in that room, the playmakers, uh, that that excites a play caller. That excites a guy like Coach Gruden. So uh, I I thought he was reserved, uh, but yet excited about what could happen this year in 2021 with that group of guys.
0: I agree. Um, and it, it's really an intriguing group. And uh, by the way, we're talking to Mike Pritchard. Uh, he is the co-host of the uh, Pritchard Clay Show, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. here on Raider Nation Radio. And you can follow him uh, at M. Pritchard uh, on, on Twitter. Um, it's M.I. Pritchard. Uh, on, is it M.I. Uh, Pritchard or, or M. Pritchard?
4: M.I. Pritchard. Somebody took the M. Pritchard from me before Got I could it. get down on it on Twitter.
0: I just want to make sure I wasn't there wasn't a typo uh, in there. Uh, I want to make sure everyone gets to uh, gets to visit you on Twitter, uh, Mike. It's intriguing to me because Henry Rugg is an intriguing prospect. Uh, he was yeah. drafted twelfth overall last year. He's got speed to burn. He looks like a football player. He doesn't. He never looked to me like a fast guy that plays football. He's a football player that that is fast, and mm-hmm. I think that. We have yet to see Henry Ruggs just full throttle, unleashed. But I think there's a possibility that that's going to happen this year. And from your perspective, playing that position, the time that Henry has put in, um, everything that we're hearing, even talking to Derek Carr, as I did a couple of days ago, his impressions of where Henry is right now. um, And it's really high uh, in, in Derek's eyes. What can we expect, or what is realistic? I'm thinking that he can double up 26 catches. I'm thinking he'd, he could double up 400 and, uh, and, and you know, some odd yards. I think he could get to 50 catches, 900 to 1,000 yards, six, seven touchdowns as a receiver if those targets go up from the 43 that he had last year to 75, 80 or so. Um, is that realistic? Am I barking up the right tree here?
4: That is very realistic. Um, I'd be shocked. If he doesn't double up those, um, we all know that Darren Waller is the number one eligible on offense. I mean, I don't know if the offense is going to run through Darren Waller, but they're going to certainly feature him. Uh, But they're also going to feature a lot of different packages, um, whether it's multiple tight ends or or multiple running backs. You know, you got Drake and Jacobs who could be on the field at the same time. But either way, um, the flanker position is a featured position. And it takes a special player to play the flanker. Um, if if that's going to be Rugs, then he needs to assert himself in a special way, and and that's what I've been looking for. I've been looking for that essence of of a guy that that wants to assert himself and, and okay, just display to the coaches that one, I'm a playmaker. Two, I want you guys to feature me if you can, and then three, I'm going to be dependable for my quarterback and. We saw that from Nelson Aguilar uh, last year in terms of establishing himself as that kind of playmaker and then a consistent one. So if, if Henry Ruggs III does establish himself that way through training camp or, or even offseason so far, then the sky is the limit for this guy. The ability, there's no question he has it. It's just he has to display it and assert himself in that fashion in order to get those targets that you mentioned.
0: Okay, if you're Derek Carr and mm-hmm. if you're John Gruden, and let's be honest, those are the two most important people in terms of the touches <laughs> that, that, right. that Henry Ruggs is going to get. That's it. There's no, other two mm-hmm. mo- there's no there, there aren't two more important people uh, than, than those two, which is why it's good for Henry Ruggs that Derek said what he said about him, what John is, is seeing from, from Henry, because it plants that seed. All right, having said that, if you're Henry Ruggs, how do you go about building that trust? In what way? How does that happen? Uh, is it, you know, when you, when you do get your touches, whether it's in training camp or the preseason, by being a dominant player with the ball in your hands, is it, is it that? Is it, is it being where you need to be on, on the route tree? Uh, what is it that's going to that's gonna, you know, create that confidence, not in Henry's mind, but in Derek's mind and in John's mind?
4: Well, it, it, that's a great question. In reality, it starts in practice. Uh, whether you're doing individual drills, um, you always try to line up with the quarterback. Like for instance, uh, for me, whether it was Warren Moon or John Elway, right? Um, Talk about Warren a name Moon. dropper. Jeez, Mike. <laughs> well, those were my quarterbacks. I mean, I I could throw out Chris Miller, but um, <laughs> but but I I'd go with the other two, right? And. And so it, it was part of, or whether it was John Kitna, even after right. Warren Moon. I mean, it was it was a situation where okay, I'm starter. I need to I need to align myself with the quarterback. And so individual drills, routes on air. I'm I'm catching balls from my quarterback. Uh, when we get into one on one, full speed against d- defensive backs. Okay, my quarterback, you know, what do you want me to run? What do you need me to see? Uh, or, or or vice versa. Hey, I'm going to work on this. Let's do this route. Uh, and then throughout practice, you know, certainly the script, you follow that. You want to make sure that you're busting your rear in and, and, and practicing hard and developing that chemistry. Because those guys, those quarterbacks, they want to see you run full speed. They, they want to time up things. They want to know if, if, for instance, if I need to take a quicker drop or if I need to slow down my drop to give you a little bit more time to get open, that kind of thing. Uh, so you can only do that in practice and then after practice. After practice, uh, Vinny, those guys are still working on targets or working on developing accuracy and stuff like that. And, okay, I'm here. Uh, what do you need me to do? You need me to run a, a go route? What do you need me to stand here for you? Uh, but not only that, it goes off the field, too. You know, going out to dinner, um, uh, call, you know, talking to each other on the phone. You know, what, what's going on with you? You know, just developing that relationship and that trust uh, in which, okay, on the field, that's my guy. Uh, when when you have a quarterback tell you, that's my guy, oh, man, the sky's the limit. Like I said, the ball's going to come your way. Uh, he's going to lobby to throw the ball to you when he's meeting with Coach Gruden and and all the offensive coaches. Hey, we got to get Ruggs the third, the ball more. So all that comes into play once you establish that relationship that way on and off the field.
0: Mike, at what point in your career – and, you know, you are a first-round pick. You were highly regarded coming out of college uh, to the NFL. Uh, but there's still that transition that you make where you're kind of feeling your way and your voice is growing. And But early on, that voice might be more of a whisper than a roar. Um, mm-hmm. At what point, you know, and I look at Henry Ruggs, and he's he seems to be a, a very humble, kind of a quiet guy. At what point is it acceptable for him to be able to be maybe voicing his opinion, whether it's in the huddle, like, yo man, I'm open. Um, you know, Hey man, look my way. Uh, because we know those conversations happen, uh, during the course of a game. I don't know if they did last year. And sometimes as a rookie, you're trying to like, just, Hey, I'm just going to shut up. <laughs> I'm going to do what I'm told. Uh, but at what point does it become kind of acceptable maybe for Henry Ruggs to, you know, be a little bit more voiceful in terms of I'm open, get me the ball.
4: Yeah. You know, what's crazy Vinny in the huddle is the quarterback. Um, I mean, everybody, those big uglies up front, 350-pound linemen, they're quiet because the quarterback's in the huddle. That's that's a quarterback's door, domain, right? On the sideline, though, um, on the sideline is where you really want to communicate with the quarterback and uh, give him information on, on plays in which, hey, if I look your way, are you going to be open? And so just giving that quarterback that assurance because we all see it, right? The quarterback looking at the film or or the quarterback now looking at tablets and they're, they're scrolling through just to see those looks. And, and so they're formulating their thoughts just in case they see that look again on a certain player, a certain formation. And so um, you go up to the quarterback and say, or if they come up to you and they say, hey, can you get open on this route? Yeah, gotcha. You know, and then when you do get open on that route, then that's when that magic starts to happen to you. Uh, you don't have to be... Uh, a diva about it like you you don't have to scream and shout and, and yell and hey I'm open I'm open it's just that uh, effective communication either on the sideline uh you know in the locker room at halftime or if a coach comes up to you or if they call you on the phone yeah I got that you can depend on me and then when you do it then it just grows from there so Ruggs can is more than capable of doing that. He doesn't. He seems like he's one of those quiet, uh, unassuming type of guys, uh, but I, I think his play, uh, and if and if they ask him for that type of communication, Benny, uh he'll be able to provide that.
0: We're talking to Mike Pritchard. Uh, he is the co-host of Pritch and Clay here on Raider Nation Radio, seven a.m. to ten a.m. You can follow him at M.I. Pritchard uh, on Twitter. Mike, how important, and let's preface this by saying the Raiders scored the tenth most points uh, in the NFL last year, um, so mm-hmm. scoring points was one of their strengths, and they were able to do it by you know basically running the offense in a lot of ways through Darren Waller, one of the great weapons uh, in the NFL and it's it's worked it's it's been good, but there's there's ways for this offense to improve, and the two areas that I see. Where it can really improve is running the ball more efficiently, but also finding a another just one more. We- I know I know Nelson Aguilar was was a nice weapon for the Raiders last year, um, mm-hmm. but I don't know if he was a dynamic, you know, w- type of guy that just is the perfect offshoot to a uh, to a Darren Waller. I, I really believe the Raiders need to find that from that wide receiver group. How, but in your eyes, how important is that so that, you know, Waller has kind of a, a, a co star uh, among the receiving groups that's not him at, at tight end, but as a wide receiver, whether it's downfield, whether it's a guy that you could get the ball and he could do things, you know, when, once the ball is in his hands? Is, is it important for the Raiders to find something like that from their wide receiver group?
4: Yeah, not only important, but vital, uh, Vinny, uh, because we know the Raiders are going to run the ball and. Uh, they're going to do it well. Uh, but sometimes it does get difficult. You know, trying to move 300 pound men against your will, that gets difficult at times. Uh, but where the Raiders can be explosive and, and a problem for defenses is formations, you know, creating matchups. Once Henry Ruggs III establishes himself as a matchup uh, that Coach Gruden wants to exploit, create, uh, and then utilize. Uh, this offense gets even better. Um, I, I think he feels like he can have that with, with Brown. Uh, I believe he feels like he can have that and create those with uh, Hunter Renfro and Sneed. Um, and then certainly Waller, you know, the multiple tight end formations. He, he's going to have one on one situations, and, and that's a mismatch, right? Uh, so it's just getting uh, the younger players, like Ruggs, the third, to be that dependable mismatch. Uh, in the months of November and December in particular, when teams focus in on what you do and they try to take away things, but yet they can't stop you because they can't cover you. Uh, And and so that's where this offense needs to go. Um, And and they're not that far from doing that, to be honest with you. I think they have the quarterback to do that more than capable. Uh, DeCars sees the field so well. It's just getting these guys to understand, hey, look, we need you to get open. Uh, They know it's coming, but can you get open? And if you do, we're going to all benefit from that. Well,
0: we are going to see. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I can't wait. Um, and uh, it's it's going to be. I, I really believe that the preseason is so important. It's it's not usually, uh, but I think it is this year for yeah. uh, a, a bunch of young players on this Raiders team, offensively uh, and defensively. Henry Ruggs uh, among them. So uh, it's almost here. <laughs> it's kind of just right around the corner, uh, and it'll fly by. So uh, really looking forward to that and uh, and and seeing that unfold on the, on the field. Mike, thanks so much, as usual, for spending some time with us in the huddle. It's always a pleasure, and I always enjoy the insight uh, and enlightenment. Uh, have a great weekend, and we will talk to you down the road, my brother. Absolutely, Vinny. Uh, my pleasure, man, and anytime. It sounds great. Thank you very much. That's Mike Pritchard. Uh, he is the co-host of uh, the Pritch and Clay Show, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. here on Raider Nation Radio, always bringing great insight uh, and, like I said, enlightenment. I always like to learn. Uh, and somebody like Mike uh, is, is somebody that teaches uh, when he comes on here and talks. So uh, truly appreciate that. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila and no one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. on a Thursday. Want to mention it? Want to mention it one more time? Um, uh, Gustavo, uh, he he runs um, uh, the restaurant that we were talking about, uh, Casa Amigos, uh, here in Las Vegas. They're gonna have Latin nights. Uh, on Father's Day, from 10 a.m. from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. or 2 a.m. Um, and, and Gus uh, is 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 a great guy. Uh, the restaurant is at 3740 East Flamingo Road, Las Vegas. Uh, it's a Father's Day special with Embajador Tequila, uh, Casa Amigos. So if you get a chance, uh, you know uh, us dads, uh, we like to uh, uh, to get out and about and be um, hey, you know sometimes pampered a little bit. Uh, doesn't take a whole lot, um, but uh, we always appreciate it. Uh, so if, if you're looking for something to do for dad, uh, or just even you know uh, yourself, if you want to get out and listen to some great music, uh, have some great food, have some great drinks with the Baja or Tequila, Casa Amigos, 3740 East Flamingo Road, Las Vegas, uh, from uh, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on Father's Day. So uh, go check that out for sure. Uh, it was great talking uh, to Mike, uh, specifically about the wide receiver position. He was one of the better wide receivers, uh, a top pick, a number one pick. I loved how he mentioned his quarterbacks, Warren. Moon and John Elway. I I was kidding him about uh, name uh, dropping, but can you imagine playing for those two guys? Those are Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Uh, Loved watching Warren Mood, uh, loved watching uh, John Elway. A a couple of Southern California quarterbacks, uh, Warren Moon went to Hamilton High School in the heart uh, of LA, uh, one of the great uh, schools in Los Angeles, uh, before going to the University of Washington. John Elway doesn't get more Southern California than he or Warren. Uh, John Elway went to Granada Hills High School in the San Fernando Valley, uh, and then obviously went to Stanford, uh, and that did his thing. And both players are, are now in the Hall of Fame, and, and rightfully so. so. So, but listening to Mike Pritchard talk about Henry Ruggs, and I think he's a very intriguing um, part of the 2021 season because his ability to take that big step forward, and and Mike talked about creating confidence, showing Derek Carr, showing John Elway, hey, you put the ball in my hands, good things are going to happen. So get the ball in my hands. And it's a two-way street, obviously. That trust level, that confidence level has to be built, part of it from Henry Ruggs, doing things when he gets the ball in his hands, being in the right place at the right time. Uh, You understand that this is so technical, what we're talking about in terms of running proper routes, understanding where he needs to be, uh, understanding, hey, that's the coverage look. This is the down. Um, This is what I need to do. We've talked about it a million times. We've gone over it on film I need to – or Derek needs to know that he knows what to do in that situation. And the more he does it and is where he needs to be – and it doesn't always work out and there always is going to be some miscommunication from time to time. But you need to mitigate that and manage that. And the more he can be trustworthy, reading the coverage, understanding what he needs to do from the route perspective, being where he needs to be with that route, running that route correctly – coming down with the ball, doing something with the ball when the ball is in his hands. All of those things are what Mike Pritchard was talking about in terms of building camaraderie, building a level of trust with the quarterback, Derek Carr, because ultimately he's going to be the guy that throws the ball, right? And above him is John Gruden, who's calling the plays. And the more Henry is able to show how trustworthy he can be, how effective he can be, how productive he can be, especially with the ball in his hands, the more confidence Derek Carr is going to have in him to look his way, to maybe audible out of a play to get Henry the matchup that looks good right there. And the more obviously confidence that 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 uh, John Gruden is going to have in calling his number, And so when you look at 43 targets in the pass game, his rookie year across 12 starts, 13 games total, that needs to get to 80-ish. If you can get Henry Ruggs' 80-ish targets in the pass game and take the nine rushes that he had to about 20, 25, the sky's the limit for Henry Ruggs. Now, again, he's got to do his part. And if he does, there's no reason Derek Carr is not going to want to dip into that well over and over and over again, along with John Gruden. And have that play off Darren Waller and Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. Wow. Stop as has a chance to do some special things. You're in the huddle with
4: Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur.